The glory days are here to say the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory's lane, it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. 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 The gory video so they're there to stay but uh who am i for another week kyle i'm your host uh but mm. what does that mean oh thank you <laughs> got a my one studio audience member here uh no it's my you guest. Rock, man. it's my guest that you might recognize from the early days of the gory days from when we all started but uh first me who am i what i'm a self-prescribed uh self-defined horror lover and uh critic and uh Aspiring screenwriter, I'm officially going to say, uh, but um, I also didn't really love horror movies as a kid, uh, especially. I was terrified of them, and I've talked about in the past how I was the one that would carefully walk through blockbusters, afraid that I would get startled by a movie uh, case or a poster or something that would suddenly startle me, and then... Sometime in college, because of a film writing class, I watched 1998, 1988's Child's Play, and my life was changed forever, and now I'm a lover of horror. Anyway. That's the first time I heard that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last um, bit. I've worked it into my the um, About section of mm-hmm. my website, uh, and... Um, who is this? Uh, like I said, you might recognize him from those early days like Pumpkinhead, that first video, oh, yeah. and Hellraiser and The Dead Zone and such wonderful 80s films. Please welcome back to the gory days my first ever guest, Mike. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. I've been putting out a couple of like uh, solo episodes lately because it's been uh, just easier to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at first I was hesitant to do them, but now I feel like I'm easing into it uh, well if you ever need a guest this guy this <laughs> absolutely guy. <laughs> no it's just like sometimes it's hard to i was pointing at myself yeah uh, oh yeah no for just, the listeners it's an uh, audio medium yeah mike, mike that. had his thumbs pointing at himself this yeah. guy who's got two thumbs and wants to be on the podcast yeah. this guy um <laughs> yeah anyway uh let's just move right into that uh <laughs> movie today for those of you who recognize the title this is 1987's the gate Starring Stephen Dorff and uh, others. Stephen Dorff in his film debut, who of course went on to be in such shows, at, or movies rather, as Blade, Cecil B. Demented, which I've never heard of, but that's a movie, oh. uh, Immortals, and Public Enemies with mm. uh, Gerard Butler and D- Denzel Johnny Washington. Depp, was that? Huh? Was Johnny Depp in that one? No. Uh, oh, that's right. Which one am I thinking of? I have no idea. I'm thinking of Inside Man. Okay. Inside Man's the one with Gerard Butler and Denzel Washington. I haven't seen it. Uh, you've seen Public Enemies, though? No, but I've seen the trailer, so that counts. It's the one where it's like a period piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out so. at a weird time, I remember. It was right after, it was like hot on the tail of Pirates, and mm. then Public Enemies came out, and it was oh, wait, no, I did see Public Enemies. I didn't like it. Hmm. <laughs> I liked American Gangster better. And that was yeah, I saw Washington. that. That was great. That yeah. was a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not talking about yeah. American Gangster. Today we're talking about The Gate. Um, the Gate from 1987. So I'd never heard of this movie. Well, I don't either. It was recommended to me on the Amazon like recommended movies when I was going through them. And I literally just responded to the cover because uh, it looked like it, it looks was great. It, lo- it looked like it was perfect for, mm-hmm. for this show in the 80s uh, style that, that I'm trying to get to. Uh, but it was, um, not anything I'd ever heard of. It's like a Canadian American, uh, movie, an international thing. Uh, but it was surprisingly fun. Like I had a great time. I say Steven Dorff's, uh, film debut. Oh, he was also on true detective. Mm. Uh, I say Steven Dorff, but like, I, I don't recognize any of this. Don't, he, he's one of these actors though. That's been working since this, this was mm-hmm. his first movie and he's been working since without ever stopping. Now he's the... Christopher kid? He's Glenn. He's Glenn, the star. Glenn, okay, right. I don't think there even was a Christopher. I think nope. I... Uh, Terry was Terry, his okay, yeah. right, right. Um, so anyway, let's um, let's start our first segment here that uh, we go through a little bit of a timeline. I haven't cemented titles for these. I haven't decided if mm-hmm. I want them to be specific to each movie or if they should just be the same every week. I think it'd be better mm-hmm. if they're the same every week. 
Um, so this is... I say, man, explore the space. I, Make it, uh, like, this is the timeline. This is the mm-hmm. segment that I want to talk about, how the movie was made and came together and how people were cast. Like, what's what's a good name for, for, for that? For the, the like, origin. The, pre, the origin? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. No. The beginning? The pre... I like it. The origin. Um, so this movie is written by Michael Nankin, who's now a TV director and producer, who originally planned to direct this movie. I don't know when he fell off and eventually conceded to Tibor Takax or Tatakic. I believe you. Is it is it Polish? I don't know. I, I didn't bother to type it in and learn it phonetically, but Tibor is, um, or ty- I, I literally don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but he directed uh, a lot of TV movies and uh, some episodes of The Outer Limits, Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV movie, mm. uh, its sequel, and some other stuff. Um, so that's Tibor. Uh, the movie stars Stephen Dorff, as I mentioned, as Glenn, a 12-year-old boy who lives with his sister, Alexandra, but who everybody it calls by Al. Al, mm-hmm. she doesn't like it though. She, but uh, she's okay with it. She's totally okay with it because I think even her friend, her mm-hmm. friends call her Al. I think her mom does too. Does she too? Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, it's a weird one because mm-hmm. you see it in the credits. It says Krista Denton as Al, and mm-hmm. I remember going like, "What?" I, I first when I read it, I was Wikipedia, and I thought like it was AI. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Oh, <laughs> oh that's why. Yeah, because the uh, lowercase L and capital I would look mm-hmm. the same in some fonts. And it stars Louis Tripp, or Louis Tripp, mm-hmm. uh, as Terry, who mm-hmm. has a last name. Glenn and Al don't have a last name, but oh, in the okay. credits, uh, Terry has a last name, Chandler. Um, mm-hmm. Some interesting trivia about this kid. He retired from acting at 17 mm-hmm. and changed his name to 1220. Uh, phonetically typed? Twelve. Uh, no, the word 12 okay. and the word 20. His first name was 12, his last name was 20. He changed his name to that. 1220. Because his name is Lewis Tripp. Oh, uh, okay. L okay. is the 12th letter of the alphabet, and mm. T is the 20th letter of the alphabet. That's... Super clever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I kind of liked his name before. Well, I don't know if he did, because he changed it again to oh. Baph, B-A-P-H, mm-hmm. which is short for Baphomet. Which is which is a demon? Okay. So, hmm. Kind of just stuck with the original. Yeah, but it, it's kind of funny that he carried on like the demon stuff from this movie into his real life. Yeah, that that is odd. Um, I know this. I don't know if you want to get into it now, but uh, he was into like demon stuff. Was that somewhat popular in the eighties to get into that I sort feel of like, music? I feel like it was. It's a, it was a common thing that Christian parents and moms and, uh, you know, curl, pearl clutchers uh, feared metal bands and death mm. metal bands uh, because they... It was the hip-hop of the day. Well, because they worshipped maybe... demons, because mm. they worshipped Satan, uh, like right. Black Sabbath. Half of them used, like, pentagrams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Led Zeppelin, but Black Sabbath is the big one that comes to mind. Uh, so Louis Tripp as Terry, Kelly Rowan as Laura Lee, and Jennifer Irwin as Linda Lee, Lori and Linda, the Lee sisters, who are absolutely awful. I hate them so much. And Carl Cranes as the workman. These are the only people that Wikipedia deems important enough to uh, be included in the cast. There's more people, obviously, in the movie. Mom and Dad, right. uh, the, all the friends, um, mm-hmm. but they all suck, and I hate them all. So yep. I don't hate, I don't hate <laughs> Mom and Dad, but I, oh, excuse me, I hate all their friends. The movie. Wait, is the dog mentioned? Oh yeah, uh, Angus. No, he's no. not. I'm wow. sure he was in the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's usually something that I look for, but uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, so as I mentioned, this was an international co-production between Canada and the United States. The film was released by the New Century Vista Film Company and grossed around twice its budget. It had a budget of, in Canadian dollars, about $2,500,000, and it grossed about twice that. So, not bad. And in the U.S., I think that's $6 million Is US. it? Um, that's crazy. That's what I was reading. Uh, no, that's how much it cost to produce. Oh, wow. The okay. budget was $6 million. So, I guess, the wait, was the exchange rate different at the yeah, 80s? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, it opened in the U.S. on Friday, May 15th, 1987, up against Ishtar, which is a comedy that I've never seen starring Dustin Hoffman, but is apparently hailed as one of the worst movies ever made. Mm. But it's ironic, this movie came in second over that weekend. Wow. People still flocked to see Dustin Hoffman. I mean, they didn't know if it was going to sure. be bad, I guess. Sure. Um, but yeah, it came in second that week. Michael Nankin wrote the first draft of the script when he was unemployed and recently divorced. So he was in a bad place. And that explains the original 
idea of the movie originally in the script well he based it on the nastiest thoughts from his childhood he said in an interview uh, around the time when they released this movie on blu-ray for its 30th anniversary back in 2017 he moved into a new neighborhood when he was young about four years old and met a kid there terry there's a real terry oh. it was a real person who even the real terry told michael nankin that the house he had just moved into was haunted and that the workmen had died in the house while it was being built. That's where he gets that idea. He literally took Mm -hmm. it from his life. And what a creepy, horrible thing to tell the new kid that just moved in. That is weird. I guess it's like a form of hazing. Um, Yeah, I was going to ask, like, when I was watching the movie, I was like, how did that kid know about that? No one else did, but I guess he just made it up. Yeah, he made it up, yeah. Yeah. So, Glenn and Al in the original screenplay were originally depicted as much more mischievous than in the film. And I don't know what that means, but they go on to say in some of these trivia notes uh, in my research that the little demons originally were going to leave the house and go out into the neighborhood and, like, steal the neighbors from Mm. their homes, bring them back to the backyard, kill them, and then throw them in the hole. That's pretty metal, man. Which is... way darker than what actually happens uh, if you've seen the movie then you know but if you don't we'll be getting to all of that in a second i what what am i tied uh, the origin this is still the origin segment okay so uh the taglines for this i thought was pretty funny they're here and they want to meet the neighbors mm-hmm. <laughs> but they actually don't no they don't mm-hmm. uh they really really want to um there's a passageway a gate behind which the demons wait to take back what was once theirs god that's so wordy like, on a poster, just a, a big giant sentence. And then the last one, they've opened the gate. Pray it's not too late. A nice rhyme. Where are the puns? I feel like there's a, a lack of puns and wordplay in this uh, in these taglines. That was a requirement in the 80s. I think you legally had to, had to have at least one pun in the movie. Yeah, it seemed like it. Somehow this movie dodged that one. Oh, I should have made that a segment, too. The taglines can be its own segment. I mean, it's short, but uh, it doesn't make sense to be included in the origin. I've got some other stuff here, but I'll throw them in a little bit later. Why don't we get right to it uh, as we move on to our next segment? What the hell just happened? I'm going to go through the movie uh, really quickly and uh, it's highlight. A good, it's a good title. I like that. Oh, thank you. As uh, we highlight Very some of the fun things that we remembered uh, and... Yeah, just feel free to chime in like as you remember stuff. Um, but essentially, uh, the movie tells the story of two boys who accidentally release a bunch of... Uh, oh, here, let's just read it. Two young boys accidentally release a horde of nasty pint-sized demons from a hole in a suburban backyard. What follows is a classic battle between good and evil as the two kids struggle to overcome a nightmarish hell that literally begins to take over the earth. So, yeah, without further ado, the movie begins with an extended dream sequence that's super weird and honestly kind of off-putting, and I wish it would end sooner, but we learn that a tree got struck by lightning outside. Uh, And there's this creepy doll, like, repeating, Papa, Papa. Yeah, we see that doll again at the the end for no reason. It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't add anything, but it's creepy. No, honestly, like, I kind of wrote this dream sequence out of my head at the beginning Mm because I just didn't care about it. It was so boring. But um, the movie's structured kind of fun. So Glenn and Al are brother and sister, and Mom and Dad, that's their names. We literally, they're, they're not cast as anything else. Their characters' names are Mom and Dad, are leaving for three days. Um, and they say, you know, no parties, but they have a party anyway. But before that, when the tree that got struck by lightning was getting dug up, uh, Glenn was kind of playing around it and looking, and he found a geode. Uh, and I guess Terry, his nerdy rebel friend who's into metal and stuff, uh, told him that they'll be rich about that. We also, so we established that Glenn's into geodes. We also established that Glenn is into, uh, rockets, Mm -hmm. um, specifically someone called the Thunderbolt that he's particularly looking forward to doing with Al's like upcoming birthday or something. His sister is having an upcoming birthday. Um, anyway, we learn by the end of the night that Terry's mom died a year ago, and that's probably why he makes up weird stories like there's people, there's dead people in your house and stuff. Um, probably why he's into demon metal because he misses his mom. Uh, it's it's weird. We get it's the s- classic story. Well, we get some like uh, peeks into his life. His house is a, a mess, and his dad is gone mm-hmm. uh, on a business trip that he misspells. Uh, he misspells the word business on mm-hmm. on that note. 
Um, so anyway, mom and dad are gone for three days and they have a party while the kids, uh, Glenn and Terry are upstairs and they crack open a geode with a bunch of gas that blows right in his face. And I was like, Oh my God, is he going to get sick? Um, and, uh, for whatever reason it affects like the magnet, he has like a, what do you call those? those uh, like, sketch. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of, but it, without the, it's like an open S sketch kind of. It so. it reminds me of that game where you like you put hair with magnet like magnet shavings on this uh like guy that looks like Wooly Willy from uh uh Operation. But anyway, uh it spells a message. So of course they read it out loud. Which I could not read. Aka Kuto Ala Ita, which is something horrible that opens up Demon World. Uh as long as you're also bleeding and we get a bunch of these rules, but Anyway, after they said that, they go downstairs to find the teens having an awesome party. Uh, how many parties yeah, have you gone very to? very tame. Oh, that are super fun, where it devolves into all of us sitting completely silently in a room, listening to one dude tell a scary story. Mm-hmm. And then a witch is at this party. She, she's like, let's levitate. Uh, so they try to levitate their friend, and it doesn't work. So then Glenn comes in, and they levitate him, and it works. And he floats up into the ceiling and bangs his head on the ceiling and then pulls a like uh light sconce out of the wall and runs away and the witch is like i guess i won't do that again and then this uh, part is and to be fair this witch is like another one of the teenagers and she's kind of into i don't know witchcraft and yeah stuff. but it's like who invited her she's so uh like read the room no one wants to do this <laughs> Um, but like this next scene is so bizarre and incongruous yeah, and everything everyone's else. Cool they, about it. Well, because they go upstairs. Al and Terry follow uh, Glenn upstairs. Glenn's in his room because because he just freaking. Let, well, this is the whole thing. Is Al and uh, Terry are like. I think he's embarrassed because he cried in front of everyone. <laughs> uh, don't be embarrassed. I cried when blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, I, Terry's I like, oh, and wrote I- a line saying, "Crying is nothing." <laughs> so what, yeah, crying is nothing. But the whole point is that, like, like you just levitated, he just freaking levitated, and everybody in the house yeah. is gaslighting him like it didn't happen, mm-hmm. and they're all just ignoring the fact. Like, there's evidence. He ripped the wall. How'd the wall thing get ripped yeah. off? But but uh, he comes out and he's like. You really threw up all over, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so he was just embarrassed? He didn't care about the levitation? God, that scene is so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone just doesn't care that the kid actually floated. No, it just doesn't nope. phase anyone. And then all of a sudden, it's bedtime. Everyone's disappeared. Uh, and that's when Terry goes to the bathroom. Terry's sleeping over. And he sees his mom at the bottom of the stairs saying like, Terry, I love you. And he's like, mom. So he goes downstairs and he hugs her and Glenn and Al come out to see. And they're, they see that he's holding somebody. So they, they say like Terry and he looks and he's holding the dog. Angus. They have a dog. Uh, I guess I forgot to mention. Yeah, they have a dog. Mm-hmm. Angus. It's a shaggy something. And he's like, Oh, and he drops it. And they just look at it for a while. I was I was so confused what was, yeah, was happening. Too. And then they just cut to suddenly it's the next day, and Terry is saying like off screen to a despondent uh uh Glenn, sorry, sorry that happened. Sorry your dog died. And yeah. he's like, Yeah, he was old. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, you want to come out for later? He's like, Yeah, that sounds fun. Sorry your dog died. Bye. <laughs> And they keep saying the dog is 97 years old, which, by the way, is not a multiple of sevens. So. I was wondering that because I, I, I tried doing it on my phone. I was like, wait, does he think he's like dogs are nine years? Dog yeah. years are nine years? So if, if it is seven, that dog is 13 years and about 10 months. And 10 months. Yeah, okay. So. so yeah, he's counting that. He's Maybe counting he does. Months, yeah. yeah. Every seven. I don't know. Yeah. But that's funny. I was wondering mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so uh, let's see. That's when we see that Terry's home absolutely sucks, and we see that he listens to metal bands, specifically this uh, heavy metal band, Sacrifix. Uh, and that's where he starts to go through and learn like uh, all of the spells and rituals and the fact Which that... Which I think is really cool. I mean, now that we have you know, digital music and stuff like that, you don't really get a book with your music. And it's, oh, it's... I don't get vinyls. I wonder mm-hmm. if they still do that. But uh, yeah, as I understand, oh, I mean, I remember from CDs at least. CDs had a little. You got liner notes, yeah, and you got uh, interesting stories about mm-hmm. what they did and uh, how these songs were written and maybe what they mean. And in this one, it's all. So I'm sure Black Sabbath had these when you would get their uh, albums. They would have you know books with cryptic stuff in there. And it wasn't real. None of it's real. I'm sorry, uh, anyone out there who believes. Hey, man, it's real. 
Anyone out there who believes that, that heavy metal bands are actual conduits to demons and old ones and Lovecraft You don't understand, stuff, man. They're, they're lying to you, and they're just trying to, to, to have fun. But maybe you believe that, and that's just part of the fun, uh, which I totally get, suspension of disbelief. Uh, it's like an ARG game, um, but... I don't know what that Attached is. to music. Alternate, re- augmented reality oh, gotcha. game. Right. Um, yeah, something that enhances your life because your life is so boring. Um, but that's when Al's dumbass friends come to visit, including the sisters, uh, the, who, what are they, the Lee sisters and uh, this guy, Eric, uh, who they all want to go to the mall together. And God, this is when Glenn drops the, the bad F-bomb uh, when he calls Eric uh, the F-word. And uh, I hate it because it's a shame. This movie, it's a, they say the R-word at one point mm-hmm. and uh, they drop two bad F-bombs. So I'm, I'm going to be honest, like I, I know it's a product of its time and I'm not going to reward it for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going, it's going to affect my rating at the end. Uh, spoiler alert. So apart from that, there, there were two other weird insults that were, I guess not offensive, but I like was... to suck my nose till my brain, <laughs> yeah. till my head caves in. Suck my nose till my head caves in. Is that a common? I've never heard that. Before. I don't think so. And eat your foot dwarf was another one. Yeah, there are, there's, there were, it was a much more creative time in the eighties oh. for people to insult each other. Hmm. Let's bring that back. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things from the 80s I want to bring back, but uh, creative insults, chief among them. Mm-hmm. So after Al's dumb friends take her to the mall, Glenn's home alone, and that's where we get a little bit of uh, development for Glenn. He really loves his sister, and he still cares about her, and he has this present underneath her bed or his bed. I, 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 don't, I can't tell. I think he's in her room. When you say still cares about her, they had like a little argument about having a party, but that's about it. They still kind of And they have an okay. argument because Angus died, and he's saying like, aren't you going to call mom and dad? And mm. she says, no. There's a few times when terrible things happen that Glenn is the voice of reason and saying, we should call mom and dad. Right. And Al was the one put in charge, so she doesn't want to. And Glenn doesn't want her to leave to go to the mall with her friends because their dog just died. Maybe they should be together to grieve. I don't know. Also, some weird stuff's going on. He just levitated. Yeah. Like, something's not right. Uh, So they go anyway. Glenn's home alone. He looks at some picture frames and he looks at some, like, photo albums remembering their life that they used to have. And he opens up a present that he was going to give to her, but he's mad now, so he tosses it. It's a, like, remote igniter thing, which is a fun, you know, place uh, that comes back later in the third act. Um, was that something he was going to give her or is that something he got from her? I, I didn't quite catch that. Oh, I don't know. Cause isn't it her birthday coming up at the very end? He's like, happy birthday. Al. Oh, I guess. Or so. was it just to use the thunderbolt? It's something I was confused about too. Cause mm. I thought the thunderbolt was in that present, mm-hmm. but they get it later from the closet. It's a different already built rocket that, yeah. uh, they, it was may like or, a previous one they built that they may or may not. Yeah. have like a history with, I thought it was going to be a new one, but, uh, all that matters is that he's into rocketry. She used to be into it equally with him, and now she's growing up and moving on, and he feels sad about that. It, it, it reinforces this recurring theme of uh, like fraternal love and family values through this. Uh, it's kind of all fixed when it turns out that Al at the mall didn't spend money on her. She spent all of her money on a new rocket. So Mm -hmm. there's a fun moment where they get to shoot off a rocket together. But not before Terry comes back and visits Al, I mean uh, visits Glenn, who's noticed the hole has gotten bigger and Terry tells him everything. I think Glenn invites I think Terry actually invites Glenn to his house and that's where he shows him the book and he explains everything and he shows like, oh, the hand the the hole, the geode, the levitation, and the sacrifice. And so like three of those have been satisfied already by digging up the hole, finding the geode, him floating, but the last one needs to be a sacrifice. And they're like, we haven't killed anybody. It doesn't have to be a person. It could be an animal. Eric Al's friend has done it's a really nice thing you do when your Mm. friend says hey my dog died can you help me out you think sure I'd be happy to take the dead dog's carcass into my car and Mm. drive it to the uh, vet for disposal to the to the to the animal dump Mm. Uh, so it's closed and he's like uh, no vacancies buddy to the dead dog's carcass uh, long story short, Eric decides while walking around with the dog's carcass to throw it in the hole, and that's the sacrifice. Uh, Which doesn't seem like a sacrifice. I mean, doesn't a sacrifice have to be, you know, something living that's 
been killed for that purpose. I, I have know. no idea because the dog isn't even dead. Mm-hmm. It comes back at the end. Spoiler alert. But uh, no one actually dies in this movie. It's kind of frustrating in that way. Um, but it makes it a good kids movie. Anyway, we're still in what the hell happened. So Glenn has a great little time with uh, his sister. Um, they learn about the dumb rules that are all going to come back in some satisfying way. He says the demons can only... He's like, it's a throwaway line, basically. Terry's in the background while Glenn and Al are fixing up the rocket. And he says, the demons can only be destroyed and the gate closed once again by a true spirit of gentle passions, wielding energies derived from pure love and light. It's like, oh my God, just laying it all out there. I hate movies that beat you over the head with rules and this movie does it in spades and god there's so many scenes bring it up right when it's convenient and there's so many scenes where terry is standing over the hole just saying things be gone be gone demons no more shall ye be on this earth like just spouting things like that it's so silly but i could see myself being a 12 year old and thinking like it was kind of fun uh because they keep going like oh we got demons but we took care of it don't worry Hmm? oh i guess i should read this one more time to be safe be gone, be gone. Okay, that did it. And they, they move on to Slumber Party Part 2. The mom and dad are gone for three days. Two two nights, I can assume. Three days. And on this second night, they have another slumber party. Terry comes over. The Lori sisters come Or the Lee sisters come over. And they drop another F-bomb. It's funny. I wrote here, Slumber Party Part 2. Lee sisters. Return of the F-bomb. And this is where we get a bunch of great scares one after another. The moths breaking through the window. Uh, Angus in Terry's bed. The moths are the little demons? Uh, no, the, the moths. The moths. moths. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moths, like, uh, he's he's got this jar of moths, yes, and yes. it's a recurring thing that they keep, like, flying into the bug zapper, and he unplugs them at one point, but they're still getting zapped somehow, and they break through the window. And, ter- like, there's glass on the floor. Glenn has run into uh, Al's room to get her. Glenn and Al return back to wake Terry up who's covered in broken glass a little bit. And it's a great moment because they're like, Terry, Terry, wake up. And then Terry walks behind them. And they, uh, it's, it's funny because then Al says, oh, nice one, guys. And I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. But then he turns him and it's Angus. It's the mm-hmm. dead dog. And then like freaked me out. I went from amused to horrified. And then the hands under the bed come out and start oh, yeah. grabbing at their feet. And if that wasn't bad enough, they, like, kind of get away. And then a long hand reaches out. And that one freaked me out. Um, Then they run outside the front door. And Mom and Dad are there. And Glenn immediately runs over and embraces his dad. But then his dad goes, you've been bad. Which is like a line of him. They keep saying, you've been bad. Yeah, they reuse it later. Like, it comes up. At one point, they get a phone call from the parents. And yeah, and it says that too. Bad. You've been bad. It's crazy. And then like he pushes his face in. Glenn pushes his dad's face, and it like melts away. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for no reason, Al goes into the backyard alone. So we've got. So let's set the stage. We've got Lori and Linda, the Lee sisters. We've got Glenn and Terry and Al. And so Al goes out into the backyard alone. And that's where the little demons show up. That's where we get this first shot of these little demons. And I kept thinking to myself, like, that is such a cool effect. How are they doing that? And the answer is, it's it's forced perspective. It's costumes and forced perspective. I kept uh, uh, assuming and insisting that, oh, this must be stop motion. These Mm -hmm. must be little... I think some of it was. I think some of it was later. But in this particular Mm -hmm. shot, they are uh, normal-sized, full-grown people in suits, forced... Like a few feet behind and below the shot with the actor in like where the shot should be. It's a lot like the how they did the hobbits um, mm-hmm. and the giants in uh, the Lord of the Rings series. What I like is that there's one uh, part where they grab Al's foot and it actually looks like they're interacting. With, yeah. Which is- it is really good. It doesn't really happen in forced perspective, so yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell where the line was, mm-hmm. and that's what was like really cool, because I could easily see those demons being silly and just like laughing them off, but but they come off like really creepy. It works. Uh, and then like they slam one of their arms in a door, and it falls into maggots, and that like yeah. really grossed me out. And then the phone melts, and the family photos are creepy now. Like, we saw the photos. Like, I love that stuff. Oh, that was great. Less is more. Teeny, teeny tiny things like that. 
Uh, they try to get the demon album again, uh, and it burns to ashes. Uh, and this is a fun thing we saw earlier, is that not only did the band know how to open the gates of hell, if you play their record backwards, it tells you how to seal it and how to cool. banish them, which is so ironic. Uh, like, well, why not just leave that somewhere more visible? Or, or just, no, because like uh, the, the idea is like, oh, if you played Black Sabbath backwards, it would and say, demonic. oh, little like children, worship the devil. And the irony, the subversion here is that it tells you to actually fix it mm-hmm. and, and how to banish it. Like, it's that easy. Uh, just like opening and closing a door. Uh, so... Since the demon album they reach for in uh, the, the this craziness turns to ashes for no reason, it like burns up and turns to ashes. Everything's melting. The phone's melting. Their faces are melting. The demon uh, album melts. Glenn goes, the Bible. Of course. And they're like, what? And he's like, that's what they always use. Like they in the movies. And it's kind of like played for a joke, but it works. Mm-hmm. Like the Lee sisters are finally useful and they say, we go to Sunday school, let us find a passage. And they do. And the passage that they read works. They go outside again. Why do they go outside again? They can only assume the little demons are out there I still. But they all go outside and uh, Terry starts reading and it works. And it's a really cool, like, sucking effect. Mm-hmm. Like, they have all of the dry ice and smoke and stuff, and there's a vacuum or something under the ground. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they filmed it in reverse, and they, they had something go out, or if they had a vacuum and then... I don't know, because they were standing right mm-hmm. there. Like, unless they spliced the two shots together in post. Which they, but it was a really done. cool yeah. effect. And then Terry falls in! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's a huge, like... It's like a giant cave, and yeah. Full, and he hits the ground, and oh my god, I hate this. I hate this scene. This is probably my least favorite scene, is where the little demon, like, excuse me, one of them comes up to him, and in in the subtitles, the little demon's like, hey, hey, and Terry's like, hey, and he holds his hand up like, oh, this is gonna be okay, and the little demon stays there with his hand up, but a different one runs up and bites him on the leg, and I was like, oh my god, and then there's another little one that bites him on the neck, And and it just gets just this, it's so it's so freaky. They're climbing all over him and biting him. And he's At this point, I was, I was confused. Like, are they friendly? Are they joking around? Or are they evil? Yeah, it, it I was... thought there was a moment. Yeah, where oh, I guess they're not. They're just mischievous, maybe mm-hmm. like like gremlins. Except gremlins are pretty violent too. But he steps on one, mm-hmm. and it starts like shaking and freaking out. And he like like tries to step on it again, and it starts freaking out. And the other ones like kind of crowd around it, and it won't stop freaking out. And it's just like, oh my god, it, I, I was not okay. I can't, I couldn't deal with that that scene, that that sequence of it getting stepped on. So meanwhile, Alex and Glenn are trying to pull him out. They threw some, uh, they threw a. That's when you call her Alex. I think her name is Alexandra, but Alexandra. she goes by Al. Alex, so you made up me. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Al. Uh, they they throw like a, a plank in there tied to a string, and they try to pull him out, and they 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 eventually do. But as as they're pulling him out, they're reading some other Bible verses, and he's like, no, 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 don't stop yeah, reading. Like, it's making them mad. Yeah, yeah, it's making them <laughs> mad. Um, so this Bible thing that's been played, like, real as it's working is then ultimately played for a joke when Terry start, he gets he climbs out, he starts to read it for a second, and he's like, oh, forget it, and he just throws it into the hole, which works. The mm-hmm. hole explodes, and we think it's over. And it's like, oh, great. And I honestly thought it was over, and I looked at the time, and I was I thought, wow, this is a short movie. It is. It's uh, <laughs> but, about an hour and 20. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was like an hour six like when mm-hmm. this all wraps up, and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of disappointing. There were a lot of threads that didn't get tied up, but whatever, at least I can go do something else now. Um, and then we go and side and we see the Lee sisters um, were so scared that they tied like garlic around their necks and uh, were hiding in a closet and yet they invited the boys over because as as everyone is still coming down and the Lee sisters have learned like within the last 60 seconds that their lives are no longer in danger they are now mad at Al for not wanting to hang out like, this just happened, and they're like, we invited them over. Don't you want to come? What's wrong with you? Um, demons invaded my house? I think I need to just, like, take a... <laughs> I need to process this. Maybe, maybe just, like, tomorrow, you yeah. guys? <laughs> oh, what are you doing after this? Uh, and so I wrote down here, I was like, the Lee sisters invited them? And what, what, the, what the hell? So everyone, Terry and uh, Glenn learn to love Al and everything's great. And Terry and Glenn go down in the basement for no reason and everything's great. And then a 
freaking zombie falls out of the wall. Mm-hmm. It's it's the workman, just like just like Terry said. And Terry's like, I made him up. And then the guy from the wall takes Terry into the wall, and he's gone. He's gone, <laughs> just like that. And so we see Al is seeing like a workman shadow. In mirage in his in her mirror glenn comes up to warn her the workman breaks through the mirror dimension and then fall they throw something in his head and he falls they throw a stereo that's it they yeah. throw a stereo into his head and he falls into a bunch of little demons that's such a cool which effect. is such a cool shot mm-hmm. uh re- yeah uh I, I read a little bit of uh, how that shot was done and it's a little too complicated to explain in words but it's just super cool uh how he falls into a bunch of demons i'd like to get into it but maybe after the yeah yeah summary um so the uh little demons have taken terry i mean yeah in the form of the workman and that's how uh glenn refers to it as that was the first human sacrifice it was established earlier that uh it needs. They need two. And how do they know this? Was that? It's the book. It's, it's the album. Mm-hmm. Everything in the album is one hundred percent true okay. and right, which is so silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's fun too. It gives Terry this authority to be like the the expert. But anyway, Terry uh, is gone, and Al says, "Get the gun." When they were looking for the uh, uh, Thunderbolt earlier, they found their dad's gun, uh, which he's like, my dad doesn't even let me play with that. We, we, we shouldn't touch it. So it's like Chekhov's gun. He goes and gets it. They try to shoot. Is it the stereo or do they shoot him? Do they shoot the workman? Oh, they shoot the workman when they're trapped in the closet. That's right. Yeah, he comes back again. That's yeah, so they, they lock themselves uh, in a closet and Terry's in there. A zombie little Terry is like, that freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect him to be like possessed. I figured he'd just be gone. But now he's like an agent of these uh, uh, demons, the old ones, they keep saying. He even says, the old ones, those are the demons. Um, so they gouge his eye out. They gouge well, Terry's... He, he kind of bites uh, Glenn's hand and he won't let go. So yeah. They... Uh, and so uh, they, they stick a Barbie doll. They in his stick eyes. a Barbie doll in his eye, and it works. They gouge out his eye, mm-hmm. and he's gone. But now Al and Glenn are trapped in this cl- trapped in the closet uh, with uh, the monster with the workman in the closet with them. Somehow he appeared. It's through crazy. Some door. Yeah, yeah, this like claustrophobic moment where he's in there, and then she's gone. Al's gone. Glenn's alone. They got their two human sacrifices, and. It's super cool as he goes from the like foyer of the building of the house to his uh, to the stairs up the stairs. He has to jump across like the floor. Oh, that was a really cool fight. As it opens up yeah. and there's this giant like you thought the gate out there was big. This mm-hmm. one is huge in his house. That was such a cool shot, such a cool uh, visual effect. Um, and then as he's climbing up, the stairs start falling apart. He uh, goes to get the thunderbolt because he keeps like reciting to the, himself. The he's like, uh, what, what does he say? Energies derived from, and he can't remember the rest of it. But it's mm-hmm. energies derived from pure love and light, which uh, is takes the form of the thunderbolt and the igniter that he was going to give his sister. Um, but before he can get to those things, we see like the big bad we we were kind of hinted at that there was a big Uber we, we saw it a little in the book mm-hmm. it was like this lizard with multiple hands yeah and it kind of looks like the human centipede but uh while glenn is trying to light the uses matches and they won't light the big giant demon comes out and i'm pretty sure that one is uh stop motion um yeah, yeah. i mean it's just it's so big and it's really scary until it doesn't really do anything. It just kind of stands just there. Toys and, with him a and little. Looks at him. It grabs him by the arm, which is pretty cool. Drops him, and somehow that gives him an, an eyeball in his hand. Yeah, I didn't get that. There is very okay. little like gore and body horror in this movie. This is really the like second element of it. Is that oh my god? Now I have a hand in my eye. Am I or like an eye in my hand? Cursed? Or yeah. yeah, I have an eye in my hand. Am I cursed now? That'd be weird to have a hand in my eye. Yeah. So uh, what's this is a really cool shot, too, because it's just a long shot of his bedroom window that he's looking out. And it looks like curtains at first. But as we pull, as we push closer to the mirror or the window, we see that it's the hole outside just spewing smoke mm-hmm. out super fast and just tons of it. And I didn't realize what I was looking at at first, but it was an awesome uh, visual effect. Uh, yeah, really cool. And then Glenn cries. It's kind of the all is lost moment, and it's fun uh, until like 
uh, what is it? He stabs the eye on his hand. Um, yeah. I don't remember what gives him back his like, oh, I got to do this. But he knows that he has to get the uh, igniter. Um, and then the igniter won't work. So he's like, oh, no, I got to find batteries. Luckily, the flashlight's right there. It's just like this tense. Oh, quick. I got to launch this off. And then finally, he gets his like Terminator line uh, right as he is uh, igniting it. He says, happy birthday, Al. And it launches into the uh, demon. And as the demon's like exploding, the rocket just kind of gets absorbed in the mm-hmm. demon. And as it's exploding, it quickly grabs uh, Glenn and has him like really high up in the air. And it just like freaked me out how fast this giant demon is. You always think a big giant demon would be uh, slower. You always do. Yeah. Um, and then, oh God. And then fireworks. Because as the explosion like throws Glenn out of the house, which is really funny, it's just like spinning. <laughs> that's a little cheesy. It's, but... it's a cheesy effect. Um, uh, there's like fireworks blowing up, and then like the house isn't fixed. It's not like oh, and then everything worked out perfectly. The parents won't even know the house is still a wreck. And then out come Al and Angus. And Terry, nobody and died. everything's okay. I even wrote up here uh, that Angus, like in the death section, that Angus died, and then I had to cross <laughs> it out, because he didn't die. Nobody uh-huh. dies. And then it's so cheesy how it ends. It's just, literally, the movie is Glenn arm-in-arm with uh, Terry and Al saying, you're my best buddies. Ha, ha, ha. And that's the end. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the movie. That's uh, The Gate. <laughs> um, so that does it for What the Hell Just Happened. Let's move on to uh, our next segment, which is... Uh, I, I don't know what to call this one either, but uh, it's uh, where we kind of just like we can talk about the, the, deep dive. the special effects. Um, and no, it's not quite the, like the themes one yet, but yeah, like the visual. The visual, effects. okay. So uh, I don't know. Just this is this is our next segment called background mess. Ah, yes, there it is. The background mess. Um, so specifically, yeah, the special effects used to create the demons was a mix of stop motion and forced perspective uh, with tiny little rubber suits. And so the, the explanation is that the demon actors were staged 15 feet below and a few feet behind the bedroom set, for instance. This is for when the, is for when the workmen demon... turned into mm-hmm. little demons. Yeah, so next to furniture that was made bigger than them. Mm-hmm. So they were in another set with giant furniture kind of far away. The actors were in a normal size set secured to the wall so that they couldn't move. Because the, the pers- they're 12 feet up. Because the perspective is really yeah. specific to this. Um, and so they're secured on the wall. The camera and lights are positioned perfectly so that the separation between the two set is masked. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see like another shot from yeah. another angle of this. See what it looks but, like. but that's how- I did see a short... Um, video with, I believe, the director and one oh, of the uh, do tell. costume designers who's explaining that shot. So they shot it once with um, a prop hitting a uh, prop that looks like the workman hitting the, the floor, but it's actually not hitting anything. Um, just set on that level. I think there was something stopping it, either uh, a wire or something on the ground up. And the two actors are both 12 feet up in the air suspended uh, held up yeah against the wall and then in the next shot uh well the next shot they put those two actors and then they they um they have on the floor where the workman is going to be and then they replace that with little demons who are played by kids uh, oh. who, are, who are that size or small um and then it looks like the demons are really small but they're actually really far away and the the kids are actually kind of close up. And that's yeah. what gives it that. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun technique that's been around like well before the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, by this time, it was kind of like overdone. Uh, but I've done it. It's fun. Uh, it's hard. And it mm-hmm. takes a lot of like trial and error to figure out. You have to get it just right. Exactly. And you have to kind of keep it just right. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to trick it in like a still image. But to, to trick the eye as things are moving too. Oh. Uh, it's fun. You know, it's like um, the old uh, King Kong when the hand is reaching in to get Fay Ray. Like, that's forced perspective. They animated a hand uh, and, you know, like had it much closer uh, in front of the image. At least I think that's how that scene was done. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't have anything else for the visual effects. It seems like they used a lot of, uh, like, superimposing of mm-hmm. stuff um, over the images. Uh, yeah, so we'll so, just... So they have, from the, uh, that little documentary if you can call it that a little video of uh, i didn't see that uh, it was just a quick youtube video on like i think it was the director and maybe one of the 
I don't know what to call it, the set creators. Okay. Um, Maybe the production designer? Production designer, sure. That's, that's a better technical name than set maker dude. Um, so they had a lot of fun creating these these monsters because so they were kind of given pretty much all creative um, direction. There, oh. There's no... You said it was probably the first time you never had any <clears throat> micromanagement at all. Nice. And I think the director created the... I'm hoping that guy's the director created the um, the last monster. Oh, cool! So he sculpted that himself. Awesome! And uh, other people help him with it, but it's kind of like a. I I sort of saw the movie as somewhat like a demo reel for these guys for things that they could do. There's a whole bunch of different effects going on and all force perspectives and cool interaction going on throughout the movie. Yeah, I totally I it was get really that. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, so that does it for uh, that segment that I already forgot the terrible title I gave it, but we'll give this next segment the Unlocking the Gate um, as we talk about the themes of this movie. So as I mentioned before, there's a uh, prevalent theme of family values. The parents are obviously very important to Glenn, and I think they are to Al. She just, uh, in, in the sense that she wants to prove herself to them, and she mm-hmm. wants to prove that they're responsible, Um but also, you know, when they show up in their demon form, Glenn implicitly trusts them, even though it's kind of weird that they would show up right then. So the, the parents are obviously very important. More important in the story, though, is the fraternal love, the sibling mm-hmm. love between uh, Al and Glenn being literally the uh, true spirit of gentle passions. It's the pure love and light is his uh, uh, love for his sister. Which um, is nice. It's a fun. It's a fun like family thing, and it's what kind of settles this movie, in my opinion, as like a really good sleepover movie. It's a kids' film, in some yeah, ways. In that it's not gory. Mm-hmm. There's only really like two scenes with actual blood in them, and they're kind of inconsequential. There's very little like scares. Uh, even there, there's no even there's no real like jump scares. Even it's more spooky than than scary. So, like, if I was a kid, if I was a 12 or 13-year-old, this would be the kind of movie that if, like, I don't want any of my friends to, like, pee their pants scared. I don't want someone to call their mom and go home. I would rent this movie because it looked kind of safe. Um, uh, yeah, so so we've got the theme of family values, and we've also got the big theme of demonology and mm-hmm. faith. Um, and I... No one actually worships the devil, as far as I understand it. Satanists aren't really demon worshipers even like like the real satanists that exist they use it as a a, like a pun or a a misnomer to well there was like the temple of uh, satan i think that's yeah and and, i think i think we're talking about the same thing where they're mostly like an atheist group where they're atheist and they they're they're like scripture is just being a good person and Mm -hmm. just being respectful of other religions and like everything about them is really rational Mm -hmm. and reasonable um, but the the popularized version of it is to be, you know, mo- mostly it's like, oh, nigh goth, maybe some onks and stuff, black hair, um, worshiping uh, Satan by listening to Black Sabbath and having like pentagrams on your hands and stuff. And I feel like that was a really popular thing in the 80s when, when that was uh, just a, an easy thing to, to vilify uh, is, oh, what are the young kids into? That's bad. And find something specific to it but it was i don't remember the name of the scare but it was a specific scare at the time of my children are being uh like cultivized yeah yeah by Mm -hmm. satanists Mm -hmm. that i need to keep an eye on my kids because who knows who's trying to turn them into satan worshipers Mm -hmm. uh which was a weird thing but people were scared and people enjoyed being scared i guess so the, the, the band in this movie is called Sacrifix, and mm-hmm. it feels like it's kind of a, like, you know, like Slipknot, or mm-hmm. um, there's a band called Crucifix, uh, and apparently the bands that uh, the shirts Terry wears in the movie apparently are real Canadian thrash metal bands. Uh, I don't remember the names of them, but yeah, just the idea that death metal bands are demon worshippers is kind of... Uh, what's the word satisfied and subverted in the fact that like i mentioned earlier they're completely right about how to summon demons but they also give you how to unsummon demons in their same source material 
Uh, and then, so, the, so yeah, were they evil or were they trying to protect them? I, I don't even know. They're dead, so no. I don't. I don't think was who what was who evil. Uh, the the band. Oh, who knows? They're dead. Yeah, right. Like, like they died. He in goes a, into in a it. plane crash. He in says a plane crash right after, after they, they some they opened a portal themselves, but they gave you the instructions on how to oh, close it. I thought it was just after they wrote this album, they died oh, in a plane crash. Oh, maybe that's it. I, I I got the sense that they'd never actually tried to do this stuff. That okay. they just like, they just did some research and then they, they made their song. Cool. Yeah. yeah, they just thought it was cool, and they I don't think they knew like that. I don't know. I don't know. This movie leaves a lot of like stupid open holes in that way. Like although it does have a sequel. Uh, that's right, it does. Uh, it has a 1990 sequel called Gate 2, The Trespassers, also directed by Tibor Takacs, or whatever his name is. I think that was spot on. And in fact, there was a 2011 uh, 3D remake that was supposed to release. Um, I mean, it was supposed to release in 2011 by Alex Winter, uh, most famously as uh, Bill S. Preston from uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure um, and Bogus Journey. But no release had occurred at the time, so I'm, I don't think that happened. Uh, a 3D remake. How weird would that have been? Um, I don't even know what the second movie's about. I haven't looked into it. Oh, no, me neither. No. Uh, but I, I think it stars the same kids, or at mm-hmm. least Steven Dorf. I don't know. Maybe it's two different kids. But the other side of this demonology theme is uh, the Bible, and that mm-hmm. faith actually works against it. And so it's strange because a lot of the... There are more Lovecraftian themes than demon themes. They refer to them as the old ones. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft, like Cthulhu and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so, like when when people refer to the old ones, that's usually a Lovecraftian theme of these these gods before gods. This this before the universe, before the Big Bang. These gods roamed the 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 cosmos, but they use it interchangeably. Like I said, Terry even says the old ones. Those are the demons. So it's interesting that they kind of like play fast and loose in that way. Even the like uber demon at the end has a Cthulhu vibe to it, and that these little ones are kind of worshippers and peons uh, for this big, the big, bigger one. Um, was that, or were they composed? I thought the big one was composed of little ones, or I don't, I don't even. Know. I didn't get that sense. I just got like they come out of the hole and they're just like kind of cheering it on as it mm-hmm. comes out. But it's funny that you say that because uh, in the original script, it wasn't even supposed to be a single entity. It was supposed the the Uber demon at the end was supposed to be a mass of entrails. Mm. Once again, a lot less uh, PG thirteen, um, a lot gorier. And then there's the theme of uh, best friends and Terry and Glenn having this bond that uh, I guess is like strong enough to. I don't know. I don't know how strong that one is. I wrote it down here, but uh, I don't know if I can defend it. Uh, yeah, so those are the themes for this. So I'd like to add one more. And oh, yeah, is, what do you um, got? To me, they kept repeating, you've been bad. Uh-huh. You've been bad. And that was sort of, you caused this sort of thing by... Uh-huh. Uh, they didn't even do anything that bad. They just kind of They summoned up. hell on Earth. Well, and it actually, was like the end of the world. Somewhat accidentally, though. Yeah, but um, if he if they hadn't like... Uh, if, if he had just cried and laid down on the ground and cried, then the world would have ended. Like this, this, this hole is spewing out smoke, and you can see it's like spiraling up above. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine there were people nearby seeing this and freaking out. Yeah, well, yeah. It seems like they were somehow isolated from the outside world the entire time. It's but. nice though. It's mm-hmm. like uh, as a screen from a screenwriting perspective, that's so smart to have the whole movie take place in one location and in a location that I, as the audience, can get a. I have a good idea of how the house is laid out. And the moment where uh, Glenn forgets for or like the matches won't work and it won't ignite and he remembers the igniter. There isn't a stupid like flashback of the scene from (laughs) earlier of him throwing it like I feel like movies do today. There's just a moment where I as the audience member am rewarded for thinking, oh, I know where it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's up there and he's got to go get it. Uh, So I I really like that. And I kept as I like study more of screenwriting, I, I, I this movie's really fun as a study of three act structure of just how things are established in the second, uh, in the first act, heightened in the second, and even with like a false ending, so that the third act is Glenn all alone having to to solve the problems that he's wrought by learning how to love his sister again. It's really fun um, in that way. Uh, so before we move on to our final segment, was there anything that you, uh, any other thoughts that you had on the the movie or the effects? The effects are 
pretty cool. Yeah, really good. They're kept really limited, which is mm-hmm. nice. Like, they don't overdo anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, the entire movie, I was kind of challenging myself to see or to imagine how I would do this sort of uh, visual effect without any of the current... Uh, without CGI? CGI that we have today, or even green screens mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's pretty impressive what they were able to do on such a small budget, and it looks pretty good. Nothing in there looks... Is $2,500,000 $500, a small budget? Is that... Is that For... I, I don't, like... I, I care so little about money that that, like, doesn't even phase me it's just oh yeah that's that's a number it, it is it is like i'm pretty small. sure that's small Cause, for because all that money like goes to special effects but okay so people say that but mm-hmm. it's paying the people to make special effects oh, sure it's not it's not like oh computer make me this that will cost this much money and then you right, like right. it's deducted from your account your budget or whatever it's all paid to these individuals and that's why movies cost so much sure. it's not it doesn't cost money to just make the movie like yeah you have to buy supplies and Mm -hmm. stuff but hopefully the meat of it is not going to like because you have to pay the principal actors too. like a robert downey jr takes like 10 percent of the total budget just i would have done it to him yeah it's insane that like what how much better could the movie be if that movie if that money was distributed more i didn't iron man i would have done it for half that (laughs) oh yeah you're a saint yep um, the uh, effects in the movie are fun. Uh, the themes are uh, fun, like I said. Anyway, yeah, let's move on to the final segment, which is uh, rate the gate. We like to rate our movies on a scale of one to five thumbs, one being the best, uh, <laughs> one being the worst, and five <laughs> being the best. You've changed a lot. We've changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we switched everything around. Uh, Mike, what'd you think of the gate? Okay, so I, um, when I look for a movie, I look for some sort of morality or some sort of character change, some sort of improvement, some something that I could walk away with, some, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but it can't just be uh, an experience. Yeah, moral, or even just a character growth I could explore, and I saw none of that. I mean, the characters are more or less how they were in the beginning. They didn't do anything really bad. To deserve this, which is kind of weird because they keep saying, oh, you've been bad, you've been bad. I haven't really done anything bad. I mean, they threw a party, which they weren't supposed to, but they are pretty tame. But that wasn't even Glenn's fault. If you're, you if know. the argument is that Glenn is the main character and should be learning something, he starts loving his sister. Yeah. And he ends loving his sister. So it's he didn't really change. his sister that kind of had to learn. Right, and even then, I mean, she wasn't really that bad no she's a good sister she's even a good host when Mm -hmm. they're at the party she's not partying she's cleaning up after all of her friends Uh, yeah and i guess the other thing is like there's this one thing where where, like reading the bible was important is that something i'm supposed to take out of this like going to sunday school helps in this particular instance i don't know i didn't get any, any anything i should take away in that sense um but visually, it was kind of cool. And I, every scene, I was like, hmm, how could I make this work? Especially not using any of today's technology to make these scenes. So uh-huh. I thought that was cool. Um, and the other thing I thought was really cool is just any 80s movies. Now I'm looking at, you know, I saw Freaks and Geeks recently, and I'm seeing Stranger Things. I'm kind of reminded of the attire and the way architecture, at least interior decorating was back then. It's yeah. kind of cool to look at. To see a 1987 like model home and yeah, maybe yeah. recognize the furniture. Mm-hmm. But still, I'm going to have to go with one. Only one, one? I know. One thumb? One thumb. Why? Yeah, because I didn't... Nothing's changed. That's, okay. that's really important to me okay. in the movie. And who are you going to award that thumb to? The set designer or the monster designer or some of the virtual <laughs> visual effects. That's incredible. Um so you get the thumb, whoever that person is. Cool. I, I apologize for not knowing Wow. Name. Oh, no worries. Just, wow, only one thumb. I mean, I wanted to knock it down for those F-bombs, but I'm, I am I, I liked it better than that. Um, yeah. Uh, for my rating, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I saw the poster and the log line, and frankly, I thought it was a different movie. I think there's another movie that uh, maybe Mystery Science Theater has, uh, peri- or has done where it's two kids who 
accidentally open a hole that lets a bunch of demons out in like just a park or something like that. And that wasn't this movie, so I was thoroughly surprised. Um, but I guess that's a common thing. Maybe there's a number of movies uh, that that feature that uh, idea. But yeah, I, I like how the kids act like kids. They yeah. act like how... And they casted kids. I thought um, when they were going to say, oh, your older sister or whatever in the beginning, I thought there was going to be like a 30-year-old girl playing uh, yeah. a high schooler. But no, they were actually kids. And not only that, they're great actors. Mm-hmm. And that goes like to their acting, their performance, and also the writing, is that these kids act like kids and yeah. they talk like kids. And there's never a moment where I'm going like, that sounds weird for a kid to say, except for in the very beginning when he's going to bed and uh, he asks his, when Glenn asks his dad to leave the light on and his dad says, what's up? It's like, what's going on with you? And Glenn's like, I don't know. I guess I can't stop thinking about that hole. <laughs> and it's like, what, is, what is, a weird thing. Like, what a weird way to phrase it. And, and his dad's like, you filled it in, right? Yeah, like, yeah. What's weird is that, like, you fill it up after dinner. Like, that's a weird thing to do. You yeah. Know? Like, it's and super it late at night. It's a big too. hole. You're going to ask the skid to do it. And, Wait and, till the morning. And, and, like, the time, this, this hole gets filled and reopened so many times in this movie. It's so confusing. And at the very end, there's, like, a little flower growing out of it, which is so cheesy. Um, but uh, the little monsters freaked me out. And oh, great. I could easily see how, like, it was one bad shot from being silly. There was just, like, if, if there was one thing in there, it could have made it silly, but it doesn't. It plays it so well. Even the design of them, they look kind of like they could be silly if they weren't so freaky. And it all goes, uh, it's all thanks to the forced perspective. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it looks real, and mm-hmm. it freaks you out so much. Because you want to assume that they're... That they're like little people or kids dressed up in costumes, or and they, they or, are, but they're forced perspective kids. They are costumes. sometimes, but they're mm-hmm. also full grown adults, which is the creepiest. Is when they're fully proportioned and running around. But but yeah, the scene where he steps on it. Oh my god, I can't even think about it now. I, I want to go back and and see it just because it freaks me. The it freaks me out so much. If you if you out there can stomach it, I highly recommend going to uh, uh, Amazon Prime Video and watching that scene. Uh, I think I have it timestamped here. I'll let you know exactly what it happens. It's so... Oh, my God. It's so freaky. Yeah, I got to it right now. It's about 55 minutes in. Uh, so just because it has, like, that kind of effect on me and because the characters are so good uh, and even though they're kids, like, uh, it really does seem like... like like they they're believable and mm-hmm. the, the situations are, are so tense the hands crawling out and it's so less is more they 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 make sure not to burden you and just over uh whelm you with uh monster scares and stuff this the phone melting their faces melting the you've been bad like strangle like oh my god those these are my parents uh, I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much as a kid but there's a part of me that honestly like tries to put myself in a place of extra potential enjoyment when i watch these kinds of movies and so i really really like it for that reason but it is a product of its time and the script reflects that so i have to knock it for those reasons and i'm only going to give it unfortunately three thumbs for for uh, all of that and who will you reward these thumbs uh, to i'm gonna give my thumb i'm gonna give one thumb to i want to give it to glenn steven dorf because he carries the whole movie but he drops that f-bomb so instead i'm going to give it to krista denton I mean, you can't play the kid it was in the script hmm Wait, you can't blame the kid. It's in the script, right? Uh, yeah, but I'm still not going to reward it. Okay. I'm not going to reward people that, that uh, use this word, whether or not it's like, you know, in the script, whatever. Everyone's to blame, so I'm not sure. going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to the one person who isn't to blame, had no part in that. Uh, Al, Krista Denton. She's such a, she does such a good job in this movie. She's the responsible, if harried friend. She's got these dumbass friends that are obviously like below her and there's this air of like she's kind of interacting with some weird people she should be they're kind of below her she's better than them yeah, better i wonder i wonder if the sequel is about her oh i wonder it's... i have this feeling that it's a completely different family and it's mm. just the one uh just the through line demon is, door. The, is the hole yeah gotcha. is, the, is the gate uh which 
It's funny. Another movie recommended to me on Amazon is The Hole in the Ground. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no, just the title. Yeah, there, and it's a, it's a picture of like a boy like who's kind of gray and looks dead or sickly, and it's just called The Hole in the Ground. Yeah. And I can't help but think that this is it's the same movie. Mm-hmm. That it's the same movie. Just where you have know, I seen this before? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was funny. That's um, a great title. Just get right to it. Yeah. So I'm going to give one thumb to uh, Krista Denton as Al. I'm going to give one thumb to Lewis Tripp, aka Twelve Twenty. AKA Bath, because wherever he is right now, I hope someone is watching him. I hope someone is giving him regular hugs, and I hope he knows that he's loved, because that's uh, an interesting life that he's led. Mm. And frankly, uh, I think he should return back to acting mm-hmm. or maybe writing. I don't know what he's doing now, but it sure would be great to hear if he's uh, still working. Um, so that's two thumbs, and I'm going to give my final thumb to. Uh, let's say uh, the workman because he's absolutely silent and creepy and does a good job of like coming off as both a zombie and a ghost like revenant kind of thing and I love the mirror master thing of going into walls and like that's another dimension that now you can't go into and falling out of the mirror and all of that kind of stuff and he's a workman and you gotta respect that yeah that's creepy too is the idea that like he's not malevolent he Mm -hmm. was sealed up in this because of like a a greedy foreman or whatever Uh, Which is super cool. Or was see, I, I didn't get that. Was was it actually a true story, or was their belief that what made it uh, come oh, to life? Thank you. That's such a weird thing too, because it's the only thing mm-hmm. is that Terry made up a story, and now somehow it's become manifest. And that wasn't clear. Was was is the, the fact demon? that he was? Were, yeah, were the demons and the blood sacrifice like reading their minds? Was that happening because of what he? I, I didn't. It's a huge I didn't hole. Clear that because it's it's revealed that it's just a mass of little demons. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a bunch of demons mushed together into this form. So, yeah, and, and if you were like to tell me that, oh yeah, all of this was just taking place in their minds and they believed it because they projected it, that could also make sense too. Except that but, the house is trash at the end, uh, which yeah. is super funny. Um, but considering demons just came out of there, not that trash. I mean, that's so. one thing that I'd like to uh, ask that I always forget uh, is what happens after this movie, like mm-hmm. after the credits roll. What do you think happens? The They're parents on come the fr- in and uh-huh. going, "What the shit?" I mean, you threw a party and like, no, mom, it's the demons. Like, are they institutionalized? <laughs> do you think they like try to make them believe, or do you think they read them and are like, okay, yeah, it was us? There is a scene where they're. Like in, um, I think, Glenn's room, and they're like, How do we explain this? And they're like, Oh, yeah, the frisbee came in, and that's how the. <laughs> yeah, frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just chalk it up to, yeah, it was just yeah. like a series of accidents. Right. The whole house is destroyed. Mm-hmm. And is it established that the hole in the ground is fixed? They, they, he didn't I don't go know. back inside after that. No, yeah, we don't see it. So there's no way to know. But Angus is alive. Everyone's mm-hmm. alive. So that's all that matters. But yeah, when mom and dad get home from, where were they again? They were gone for three days, but I didn't write down where they were going. I don't know. I don't think they say. I think they yeah. just said that, like, okay, we'll be gone. No parties. And then mm-hmm. cut to a party. Um, and Al being a good host. But yeah, uh, I love the 80s attire in that party. Mm-hmm. That was great. All the bright uh, jackets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's my uh, rating for The Gate from 1987. Uh, maybe someday we'll do The Gate 2 from 1990. But... Uh, that's everything that I've got. Mike, before we say goodbye, was there anything else that you wanted to share? No, that's it, man. Um, All right. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us here on The Gory Days. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting us into your ears uh, during your morning commute or uh, during your trip to the grocery store or wherever you are. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Until next time, stay scary out there. The Gory Days.